Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Rocket Mortgage Classic 2020. It's a fun episode. Weirdly enough, me and Pat don't really, I don't know, we don't really name a lot of the same names that we always do. It's weird this week. It's a very weird week, but we're going to break down the course, the key stats, our favorite picks, some guys to fade. We've obviously got some discussion uh, going on, some strategy talk. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk a lot about sportsbook picks that we like, a couple matchups that we see that are a little tasty. And then, of course, at the end, Pat is going to read rap lyrics, and it does not disappoint. Now, we went, we want to tell you guys about a, a, some friends of ours that support the show, and they also do a lot for us on our YouTube channel. Uh, they're involved in a lot of the editing on our YouTube channel, and if you notice it and you think, man, that looks pretty good, our friends at trannergray.com are amazing. They're a small crew, so they don't bloat the prices. They'll do anything you want to do. If, nationally, internationally, they'll travel wherever. They're transparent, very easy to work with. They do commercials for social tra- and traditional television, uh, all types of businesses, gyms, medical practices, safety videos for international companies, uh, nonprofit uh, work and video stuff. They're amazing. They specialize in digital marketing as well and social media strategies and implementation. If you are a business owner or make decisions at a business for you know that, that video level of marketing and advertising, there is none better than trannergray.com. That is T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y.com. Tell them the Tour Junkie sent you. They know who we are. They're fantastic. I just We just released a video talking about the basics of DraftKings scoring. So for you newbies out there, go check out the video on our YouTube page, and it's fun. We had a lot of fun with some of the graphics and stuff, and Trainer Gray did all the work. Now, for us, they make a bunch of goofy stuff, but for you, they could definitely class it up. They've done some amazing work. Uh, we look forward to sharing some of the stuff they've done on our social channels in the days to come. But for now, let's get to the Rocket Mortgage, and thank you, Trainer Gray, and thank you for listening. Let's get to it. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have a special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shot bets. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a laugh, sip some rosé with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. What's going on, golf addicts? It is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. What does PMI even mean, Rick? Uh, 2020. I'm David Barnett. Pat Perry with me. Wearing that lovely black Tour Junkies Golby polo that feels like butter on your nipples. Yes. And it is sexy as anything. It fits great, whether you're, you know, more of a muscular tone like myself or you're a little softer like Pat. Um, you can, you'll love that shirt. And we have a couple left only, in the store. I think we only have one black one left. One left. Somebody needs to get on that. That's insane. Large, I think. I think it's one large left. That is insane. All right, Pat. I'm excited, man. It's uh, it's going to be a good week. What's the, what's the podcast use tonight? You're going to, we got a big segment at the end of this show and I need you, I need you to mm-hmm. arrive on a certain planet. I got Tito's and I'm just going to be mixing it, going hard with this and it's <clears> easy stuff. <throat> lemonade tito's okay. it'll be going down so easy tonight like can't when wait. we get into when we get into the 6k range yeah. probably just shouldn't pay attention to any of my picks <laughs> okay um well i'm excited about that yeah tonight at the end of the show we are going to do pat reads rap lyrics which i believe is the third edition maybe that we've done of this but yeah. the last one 
was I worked on some things today. Like I've, I've, I've listened to some stuff, done some research. I'm trying to get into some of the new cadence we got going yeah. on these days. So I'm, I have like some, I'm going to do a little warm up before I start of, of kind of how I think it should go. Okay. Uh, even though it's like, like you said, you're, I don't even know if you said, but it's going to be a complete surprise to me when yeah. you said, I, I don't even think I have the lyrics yet and I've nope. never heard the song. So I'm just going to roll with it with how I yeah. feel like it should go. Man, I can't wait. Yeah, we, we did get a lot of submissions. Thank you to those who submitted. Um, I have chosen a song. It is a good one. I, Pat has not heard it before. He has not seen the lyrics. I will be emailing him the lyrics live as we get ready to do it. He's just going to start ripping. Um, so I can't wait for that. That's going to be at the end. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get into a little bit about this week. First of all, uh, we're going to go ahead and pat ourselves on the back for hitting DJ at 28th of 1. If you missed the Tour Junkies after dark show over on DraftKings Sportsbook. We talked about him. I talked him up uh, here on the show last week. Um, DJ looked like it was coming around. Now, we also hit the Bubba chalk bomb, missed the cut, around 15 16% owned in a lot of contests. So the chalk bomb hits again. Uh, a lot of the head-to-head matchups, I think two out of three or three out of the three head-to-head matchups hit in the chalk bomb as well last week. So that was lit. Get in on that if you've not already. Now, granted, there was a lot of carnage, though. A ton of carnage last week. I mean, I had all I was in my fields last week with Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler. Both of those guys just Ugh. trunk slammed, you know. Uh, it was a there was a lot of carnage. What I think you told me earlier, was it two percent of lineups in the Millie? I believe it was two or three percent of lineups were six of six in the Millie last week. Stupid which is low. Crazy. Yeah. Um but I mean, when you got guys like Finau that that trunk slam, and I know we were on like Ryan Moore. A lot of people I think were on. Um, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, there was just, it was crazy. Not a lot of and, people were on Ryan Moore, but yeah, maybe not Moore, but maybe it's just me. Not at all on Moore. <laughs> yeah, me. Uh, but Finau for sure. He really he destroyed some of my lineups. Yeah. But ton of big name miscuts um, last week. That was a lot of carnage. Now, I, you know, DJ tried to give it away on Sunday, but he hung in there. It was, um, it, it was good. It was good. But you know, the the nut the nut hut was absolutely lit. Um, for those of you who were not in there last week, we got video. And actually, I think that's going to be even better this week in the nut hut for our live Wednesday night before lineup lock chat. Uh, we had video response. I was able to sit on camera for two hours and respond to chats in the nut hut and try to get to everybody, which was nice. Uh, I believe that this Wednesday night for our 8.30 p.m. chat, there may be a time where both me and Pat can be on video uh, right there on the Nut Hut page. So if you're not a member there, you need to go check that out, tourjunkies.com. It's only 10 bucks a month. Stupid easy to do that. Uh, and we're having a great time in there. The Nut Hut fraternity is is growing at a rapid pace, plus Nita. The, the Nut Hut fraternity plus Nita. Our, our, small, our, so, yeah, sorority. Our lone section. female. She's the Little best. Section. Yeah. Uh, bless her heart. Um, thankfully, she's in the military, and I think she's got like she's married with like a little five year old boy or something. So she hears all kind of stuff all the time anyway. So <laughs> there's not much in the nut hut that surprises her. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's going down. It's going to be an exciting week. Another exciting week, Pat. Um, now, if you are still suffering from the carnage, you know, like I had a little, uh, I had like uh, I had like some 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 headaches on Friday because all my guys were missing a cut. And every time I'd look at shot tracker, I'd be going, Oh, you know, I'm like, 
oh man. And, and so I had a headache. And so what I did is I used some of the Omax health, uh, you know, the, the cryo free stuff that we've been talking about for months now. Went ahead and just rubbed some of that right up on that dome, like right here on the forehead wait, wait on, in the second. temples. I haven't heard you can use the Omax stuff for the cut sweats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omax for the cut sweats. Yeah. You can use it any anywhere you want. You can put literally put it anywhere. And I use it on my cut sweat area, which is right up here in my dome. And it helped me out. I know a lot of listeners have chronic pain and uh, you know, it may prevent prevent them from relaxing or sleeping. Maybe you're you're laying in bed thinking about Tony Finau being a, a cuck, you know, and, and missing the, the cut. Um, so, you know, it's, it's tough, but we've been using the crowd freeze for a long time. It all started way back when, even before COVID hit, when Pat had his unfortunate, uh, golf cart accident and he was rubbing that cryo free yeah. stuff on him. I had it Omax, shoulder. Yeah. When I fell yeah, off the, the shoulder cart. thing, mm-hmm. uh, basically Omax health helps you get rid of the nagging muscle and joint pain immediately and gives you the long lasting recovery. It's natural. It's a pain free, uh, solution. You get the roll-on, which is what we use, the roll-on. I was just rolling that thing right here on my, on my temples. It's non-prescription, triple action, uh, reduces inflammation, improves muscle and joint flexibility. It's 100% natural CBD-powered remedy, and it only works It works within about 10 minutes of application. can last up to eight hours, and they're giving our listeners 20% off a full bottle of the Cryo-Free CBD pain relief roll-on and free shipping. And guess what? It also applies to anything else you buy on the site. Go to omaxhealth.com and enter code TORJUNKIES. That is omax, O-M-A-X, health.com. Enter code TORJUNKIES. Get 20% off the crowd freeze and anything else site-wide. They got a ton of five-star reviews. Kyle Stanley uses them. And, hey, he, he had a top 20, I think, last week. Yeah. Kyle Stanley did. Yeah. So maybe he rubbed it on his uh, on his golf swing parts or, like, the, the whatever lobe in your brain helps your golf swing or your putting get better. Cause he finally, he finally yeah. putted like he T24 actually T24. Okay. T24. Um, yeah. So props to him and props to Omax. Thanks for keeping us healthy and getting us through the cut sweats. It, it allowed me to have a decent weekend. You know what I mean? Um, but Pat, let's get into this, man. We got the rocket mortgage classic. It is the Detroit golf club. It's only the second time we've seen this golf course. So, uh, Tell us what we what we can expect. Key stats, a little bit of strategy. We'll get into some picks, buddy. Yeah. So, like you said, we are at Detroit Golf Club this week. Oh, wait um, a minute. I forgot to tell you my my podcast shoes. I'm switching it up on you tonight. Oh wow! Look at you well, with a little big old glass of vino. Big old glass huge. of vino. This is so I don't have to go back down. So I don't have to go back downstairs. Yeah, Hopefully that's a good idea. Yeah. This will. If if I add to this for the TJ After Dark show, we're all in big big trouble. Yeah. Well, anyway, so this is a par 72 playing just over 7,300 yards. So, again, another not-so-long course as far as tour standard um, this week. you got 156 players again. T65 and ties uh, will make the cut. This is a Donald Ross design, and it's pretty classic as far as just the tree-lined Donald Ross design and especially the greens, which are Poana this week with a mix of bent we had this mm. issue last week. We talked about this. You know what, though? I think if you listen to the players, they pretty much are, you know, they're they're saying that it's basically Poana Greens, and that's that's what they are. So um, that's what I'm going to go with this week, unless I hear differently from caddies later in the week, which we will talk about maybe on the Nut Hunt. Anyway, which we had which we had last week. Yeah, we did. Um, but like I said, it's a classic tree line course that here. You've got the very contoured greens that have a lot of runoffs, uh, but, you know, really pretty much from front to back. Um, Four of the par fives here. This is a a classic par 72. So four of the par fives 
um, or four par fives this week, three of them which are birdie holes that you can reach into. Um, you got several short par fours. Um, so I think you're going to see, like you did last year, a ton of scoring on this course. Now, they've, there's some talk that because the scoring was so low, I mean, the cut line was five under, which was the lowest since 2016. So there has been some talk that some of the organizers of the tournament are going to get the rough up a little bit. I don't Lashley know. Lashley won at 25 under. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lashley was 25 under when he won it. So there's a lot of scoring this week. I'm still going to go off of that. For this week and now we'll see if we hear you know that the rough is incredibly penal and whatever else but i don't think these fairways are that difficult to hit penal that's a weird that's a funny word that is a funny penal. word um anyway i think it's kind, all kind about like beleaguered a, yeah <laughs> forgot about that i think it's all about approach this week and hitting these greens from the proper angles i mean you got to be below the hole nate lashley mentioned that and in, in talking about the course he had a lot of looks from below the hole and was able to, to to capitalize on the that last year so i think that's certainly important so hitting these greens and then when you do miss them you got to be able to get up and down i am going to be looking at the scoring stats so like opportunities gained on fantasy national birdie or better percentage Par, par four scoring, I think, is important this this week. Um, so, and then of course form, as always. I'll I I may look to see if a player played here last year and they did well, but I'm really not going to factor in history all that much. This is the weakest field we've had since we've been back. By the way, I mean, yeah, the Shambos, the Shambos, our highest price guy. Which you know what? Even if it was a strong field, he might be the highest price guy this yeah. week anyway. Um, but we will see. So there you go. That is the quick course breakdown. I don't think I missed too much. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Um, I I kind of took away a couple of things here. Um, you mentioned the undulation. And when you read some of the things that we saw last last week, you go back and look over some or last year at this golf course. Uh, and a lot of Donald Ross designs, it's all about being below the hole. And it's about being on the proper tier of these greens, which, like you said, does I make said approach. Were you, yep. Were you not I, I, I'm, I'm reiterating. Expand, you're expanding upon it. I'm reiterating, okay. which does mean approach is important. Now, unlike last week where I was, like, all in on the bombers, right, I am I am leaning a little more accuracy this this week even though now the course is longer like 500 yards longer now it's a par 72 but um i i'm leaning a little more accuracy and here's why even if they don't grow the rough up even if they leave the rough as it was last year just knowing that to for these guys the best players in the world to control their distances to control their spin and to really get on the right tiers and to make sure they're positioned below the hole to have the best look at birdie being in the fairway matters being in the yeah, fairway allows them to control that um, so I do think that that is something that I'm look. I, I, I actually put, you know, fairways gained, which is a fantasy national stat, um, or, you know, it's similar to driving accuracy, but it's fairways gained relative to the field. I, I looked at those accurate players who, who's going to not, you know, who's going to lead themselves with a position in, in a position where they can really control their distances when they get there. Now, of course, from that point, I don't want them to suck with their irons. So I also still want really strong approach play. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, those are really, that's really where I'm waiting a lot of things like fairways gained or driving accuracy, strokes gain approach, greens and reg, the opportunities gain stat, uh, which we talk about a fair amount here on, uh, you know, with fantasy national it's a proprietary stat, fantasy national. I like that a lot. Uh, and obviously we do feel like this week is going to lean a little more POA as you mentioned. So I'm looking at that. 
it, do you find it funny though? Like if you're looking at it right now, like um, let's just talk about fairways gained or driving accuracy. Like you look at the top from nine, you know, again, the field is, is a little bit weaker than we've seen, uh, but you start at 9,000 and above, like literally hardly anyone, if you're looking at the last like 24 rounds is really that great at driving accuracy. Like, I don't know. It just it's funny to me when you look at it. Like, if, if all right, so if you were to guess, I'm looking at it. Are you like, if you may not be looking at it, but right now, if you were to guess, like, of all the people above 9K, who is the best and most accurate driver? Who would you uh, think? I would think Kevin Na or um, Sung J Webb, uh, Hovland. That's where I would okay, guess. So, so Sung J is 14th in the field. And, You're looking at last 24 rounds? Yeah, and Na is 30th. And yeah. the next closest person is 41st, and that's Victor Hovland, which is just, yeah. you know, it's just it's interesting how some of the top players in the world, they don't fit that profile of being accurate drivers, but they do everything else incredibly well. Yeah. Um, but – I don't know. I just, it's funny. I'm not bringing that out as any sort of strategy type thing. I think I do agree that there is a, a reason to look at driving accuracy some this week, but some of these guys that are all in the top, top players in the world aren't going to necessarily fit that profile, which means you don't necessarily need to come off of them just because, you know, Patrick Reed is showing 108th in driving accuracy. You know, you, you still need to, you still need to find scores. I mean, we, we've already talked about like how, how low the scoring is going to be here, like 20 under, 25 under last year. Um, so you still got to find guys that score. And I, I don't know, like I feel like a lot of times, like the guys that are maybe in the t- top, top, top of driving accuracy, for whatever reason, they just they don't they don't really score that well either. They can't, like, yeah. Like yeah. They, they just kind of par the hell out of the – like a Bill Haas, you know. Um, yeah. Like a Brian Harmon last week who everyone was on, but I wasn't. There was one that I got right. That was a good week. one. Um, I had three, so, by the way, I had three, I look back, I think it was three, three people that were, got out of the field because of COVID last week. Now they didn't, not saying they tested positive, but I was just like, <laughs> damn. You had man, more, I mean, you had more vacate last week because they didn't test positive than, than those that did. Um, like, although we should go ahead and point out, everybody needs to know Harris English is in DraftKings, but he has tested positive um, as of today. So if you have Harris English, uh, take him out. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, Nate Lashley, I mean, you can't, we got, we got to, we got to remind people he, he Monday qualified at this event last year and, and snuck in. He was the first player to do that since Vaughn Taylor did it back four or five years ago, I think, you know, one at 2,500, just got blazing hot. He won at like 250 to one. Um, and this is a slightly stronger field than last year, but it's not that strong. So I do think. And, and we always say this, too, in a birdie fest on the PJ Tour, anyone can get hot. It, on a really difficult golf course, usually the best players in the world rise to the top. But even the best players in the world at a birdie fest can get beat by a Nate Lashley or a Brian Stewart. You know, like it, it can happen because everyone that's in this event is a professional golfer, and they're good, and they can have a week. Every, anybody can have a week on an easy course. So – that is something to keep in mind here. Uh, let's look at the top of the let's look at the top of the range here. The nine k and above on DraftKings, your shorter odds players as well. 
You got, um, you know, as we mentioned, you got Bryson kicking it off at 11-7. He's just been on a tear. Webb Simpson coming back after taking the week off last week uh, with the COVID scare. Terrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Hideki, Victor, Sungjae, Fowler, Finau, Watson, Kevin Na, and Scotty effing Scheffler. Um, we're going to give you three GPP plays or tournament plays. We're going to give you a cash lock, and we're going to give you a fade or someone to avoid in this area. Um, Pat, I'll, uh, I'll kick it off to you, buddy. Where are you going to, where are you going to go? How are you going to treat the top end uh, of this range? All right, everybody, before we get to the picks, everyone knows all of our stats, all of our course history, recent form, all of our research goes down at fantasynational.com slash TJ. That's where we've been doing it for like three or four years now. All the best stats, proprietary information and stats like opportunities gained. They've done a ton of work since the old COVID to improve the website even more than it has been. And you can try it out if you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. You get 20% off any membership that you select weekly, monthly, or annually. Good news is if you go to the, the fantasynational.com slash TJ and you pick weekly this week and you say, man, this is amazing. I'm going to go ahead and get a year. Then you also get 20% off for the year. So it's great stuff. It's the one-stop shop tool that we use. Uh, you got lineup generators, optimizers, uh, ownership projections, betting odds stuff. It's amazing. It's great content, and it's super affordable. And if you want to you know, streamline the tools that you use for PGA Tour DFS and betting, fantasynational.com slash TJ is where it's at. All right, let's get to the picks. Well, I, you know, in anything like this where you have a field that's um, a little bit weaker, there's a lot of guys in here that I like. And so it is hard to sort of pinpoint guys necessarily that you might want to fade here. But I'll start with uh, GPP plays. And right there at 10-7, I love some Terrell Hatton. I know you haven't been a fan of him. You faded him a little bit lately. But, look, the dude is just on fire this year. You look at his form and everything else, I mean, he is playing incredibly well. He's second in the field in strokes gained approach, 27th, 27th in opportunities gained. Third in birdie or better percentage, he is second in parkour scoring. Um, you know, 42nd in driving accuracy, so not that great. But I just love him this week. I think he is a great play at 10-7. Um, I just – and I, I like starting in that range with my lineups. And, look, it's going to be hard to fade like a guy like Bryson. I don't think I will, even though I do think he's going to be the highest-owned player this week. Um, but when I'm starting a lineup, I love Hatton. And you know what? Right belief – Right below him, I like Patrick Reed as well at 10-5. He is another GPP play of mine. Looking at his stats, 25th in approach, 25th in opportunities gained. He is first in birdie or better percentage, eighth in par four scoring. I love some Patrick Reed this week. And, you know, he barely made the cut last week. But after making it, you know, making it through, um, he ended up doing pretty well with the T24. So, I mean, yeah, I, was sweat yeah. I was sweating him in the lineup just to make the cut. And then he played pretty well on the weekend. So I like some Patrick Reed this week. And he seems to like this course. He talked about it. If you listen to some of his quotes from last year, you know, you have to kind of work the ball off the tee and, you know, into these greens. And he likes to do that. I think he's got a creative mind when it comes to that. Um, so I'm a, I'm a fan of Patrick Reed uh, this week at 10-5. Um, last GPP play for me, damn it, I'm going to go back to Scotty Scheffler. I'm just oh going to do it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm going to do it. The whole world thought it was going to be me. 
but I just and what the hell was his problem on par fives last week? I, I don't. No kidding. I don't, God, I don't he get it. Feasted. He I feel like feasted, and I he should do it again this week. If he doesn't, then maybe he's going to be dead to me. But I'm going back to Scheffler at nine thousand. Definitely checking all the boxes this week. I think we're going to get a little bit lower ownership. I hope. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you reason. will. That's that's another reason for me to play him in GPPs. So I, I'm I'm going back. Yeah, I mean, he got a tremendous price increase, obviously with the weaker field. Um, and then he crapped the bed. So yeah, he's he's gonna. I mean, you know. And then before that, he was 55th at the Charles Schwab. I think you're definitely gonna get lower ownership on him. So we'll see. Sure. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, cash. I'm gonna go Sun J M. I mean, I just feel like outside of the miscut a couple weeks ago, the guy's just as solid as they come across the board. Um, I, I like that price. If you're starting a cash lineup right there at 9,800, I'm okay with that. So I will play some M in cash. This is crazy. Now, I haven't said my fade yet, so before you get too crazy, okay, let me talk fade? about my fade. So my fade this week is a guy that has projected, from what I've seen, to be one of the highest-owned players this week. And I, and I like him a lot. I think he's, he's a fantastic player, and he's played well lately um, after a little bit of a rocky start to the year. But at 10,000, I do not like Victor Hovland this week. Wow. I'm going to fade I am going to fade Victor Hoffman. And a lot of it is really just ownership. I yeah, mean, he really yeah. checks pretty much. I can't give you a stat where he's not really nah, checking yeah. a box. But it's just an ownership play for me. If he's going to be second or third highest owned, I don't I don't want any part of it in a tournament. So, Victor Hoffman will be my fade. But, you know, that was a tough one because I really – I like a lot of guys in this category outside of maybe like Bubba. Bubba would, might be another fade. But, anyway, go ahead. This is crazy. Like, this is a rare week where the listeners are going to have to really make some tough decisions up top because there's not a lot of agreement. In fact, there's basically zero agreement in terms of in terms of nailing the exact plays. Now, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't like strongly hate any of your your plays. Um, but this is crazy that we don't have any of the same the same we normally have like one or two the same yeah we usually are able to just like say okay well david had yeah. so and so yeah. so I could... yeah so this actually brings me to a good point because we we actually had a facebook uh question on our facebook page about this tonight um about somebody made a comment that said like i don't know what to do everyone says always fade the chalk and i do that and it doesn't work out like web winning last last week or whatever and my response was, listen, if anyone is telling you to always fade the chalk, you don't, you, you need to stop listening. That, that is not, that is not correct. Um, there are times to play the chalk and there are um, plenty of scenarios to fade the chalk. I mean, we have the chalk bomb, right? Like we, we give you, we give you the chalk bomb, the popular player that you should consider fading because we found more reasons than we, we found more reasons to fade this player than we found on any other player. Um, but I say this because I am eating some chalk up here in this range. In the in the nine can above range, I'm eating chalk and I'm eating it with Bryson and I'm eating with Victor Hovland. I'm gonna keep riding the hot train. I love the way both these guys are playing. They are checking all the boxes. Bryson is now in a field that is considerably weaker. He is a he is a lion. He's a lion on the prowl. One of my favorite movies. In fact, it is my favorite all time funny movie. I, I it 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 used to be. Like I used to have like Anchorman up there, Pootie Tang's a big favorite of mine. But one of my my absolute favorite movie of all time right now 
is the other guys. And when Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg get into it and, and, uh, and he talks about if he were a lion or I would, I would eat you, I would develop a breathing apparatus and I would get it to the ocean. I would, I would make a breathing apparatus of kelp so that I could go eat you and your, your, uh, your, your, uh, seal girlfriend and I would kill you. You know what I mean? Like Bryson is ready to feast on this weak field, this Nate Lashley defending crap show of a field. Okay. I am riding it. I'm paying for it. I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm ready. Hovland. You don't, you don't fear, fear like a little bit of a regression after, you know, now we're in what week four in a row. No, man. No, um, no, dude. The, the boy has and been. To, and for his price, he's got to finish pretty high. He does. Which, but I, which he, I will say. He's I finished not, here the last six, six tournaments I don't, he's played I, in. I don't see that he's not. If he's out of the top yeah. ten, I mean, I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say, okay, he has to finish like sixth or better to, to, to pay for – to pay for him, you know, to be able to meet his, his value, his price. But he's done that for the last, like, six tournaments he's played in. This is a nice. weaker field. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I, I just – I feel like I'm – I feel like I don't want to get off of it, too. I don't want to get off of it right now. I don't think it's time to get off of it. I think he was itching to get back out here when we were out 90 days. He's prepared to play. He's healthy. He's, he's, uh, he wants to prove it. He wants to keep doing it. He's motivated. I'm, I'm in. I'm going to eat yeah, it. I'm with I'm you there. The and I, the thing with – and I just – I don't know. I With Hovland to me – and we, we try to say this is a bold fade. And to me, that's that's a little bit of a bold fade this week, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons. I try to keep that definition, like the underlying definition of the – of our of what we do and when we fade is a bold fade and that is for me probably probably a bold fade but that's just i mean it's a, you can't find a reason to fade him unless you just want to say ownership which is always yeah. a reason to you can you can always make an argument i mean listen I, I am telling you what i feel like doing right now as of monday night and and i'm prepared to see bryson at 30 percent projected ownership i will likely have him at like 80 percent. okay mm. um if you say, you know what, the the attraction of Bryson crap in the bed, which may mean like a T30 or worse, and crap in the bed on 30% of lineups out there is too good for me to pass up, I'm fading him, then that's a that's fine, dude. That's a good move. That's what you want to do. That's a great move. That's why, you know, ultimately, like, you guys make the decisions on this thing. But, you know, fading Bryson this week, and I think fading Hovland, because Hovland's going to be way up there too. I mean, Hovland's going to be 20 25% as well, if not more, uh, especially in like uh, maybe a higher dollar entry, single entries, three max entries. People don't want to pay up for Bryson. They're going to start at Hovland. He's going to be up there. So in, in DFS, both of these guys you can easily fade, and I will not be mad at you. I'm just telling you for me, when I looked at the rest of this field, I'm going to make up for the ownership in other areas. And I'm eating Bryson and Hovland, and I'm going to let those boys feast. They're both young. They're both motivated. I don't care about four weeks in a row. I don't care. If we're, if we're talking, you know, Tiger up there playing four weeks in a row or Adam Scott playing four weeks in a row, that's a different story. But for those two guys, I don't care. Um, so – Hovland is also, while I'm on him, I also wrote him down to start my cash lineups with Victor Hovland. Feel really confident about him. Now, my third GPP play in this range, I do think, is going to be uh, a, a place that I can get some ownership leverage. And I, I'm i going to pay. I'm I know for where it. this is going. I know where this is going. Where is it going? I, f- I feel like it's going to Ricky Fowler. 
It's not. It's going to okay. Kevin Na at 91. Oh, gosh almighty. I am going hey. to – I cannot even believe the word – hold on. Hey, let me see. <clears throat> mm. I cannot even believe I'm saying this. I am playing Kevin Na at 9,100 in tournaments on DraftKings or FanDuel, wherever you want to play him. Wherever you're playing DFS, I will play him at that range. Um, he, to me, Kevin Na is a wonderful tournament player because – he is either – he is so much boom or bust. Like, there is very little in between. I mean, just look at his recent form. Um, but he checks a ton of boxes. Very, very accurate player. When he's putting, he is deadly, okay? Um, the, the irons have been pretty solid lately. He didn't have a good couple – if you watch the telecast this past week, um, they, they made mention of him at the, uh, at the Charles Schwab or something. He was having some knee problems. He picked up his kid the wrong way or something. He felt a lot better. And then he comes out and t finishes T5. I mean, he gained 10, 10 strokes on the field, five and a half putting, um, you know, which is a big putting performance. You're going to see some regression there. But gained over two on approach, gained almost two off the tee, which is unheard of for him. He's actually gained – he's actually been positive in strokes gained off the tee since the restart, which is pretty unheard of for him. And now you're at a course where accuracy is rewarded even more I like that for Kevin Na, and, and I think he's going to be completely low-owned here because people don't want to pay up for him. And I get it. But I don't mind. I don't mind the pick. I don't mind that's it. where I'm going. Um, my fate is Ricky. I, until we see something, man, I, I, I've, tried to, I've tried to get on it. I, I, I felt good about him at the, at the Charles Schwab or at the Heritage. One or the other, I was on him. Miscut on both. I mean, he's just too inconsistent right now. He's going through all the swing changes. Um, I, I don't feel like it's all clicking that the iron play is, is okay, but it's not, it's not what it usually has been for Ricky in the past. The, the driver is not good. Um, I, I just, I'm not ready to pay for it because I haven't seen it at least with Kevin. Nah, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it. Like I saw it, I saw it this week, you know, um, this past week. So maybe a little recency bias there, but I don't know. I just – I'm not believing it for Ricky. And we know that he's always going to be a little more popular than he should. I don't think he's going to be chalk, but I think he'll be a little more popular than he should in terms of uh, in terms of tournaments. So, um, yeah, I Ricky also – And don't listen to his press conferences either. No, don't. Because he's going to tell you how good he's <laughs> – um, I also think that there's some value in the betting market with – Nah, at 50 to one. Uh, now, Hovland at 25 to one is what I've seen. I, that, that's interesting to me. I think the young kid could break out. Again, if Nate Lashley can win this golf tournament, Victor Hovland can win this golf tournament. And, and the field is not that much stronger this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like Kevin Nah at 50 to one, too. Um, that's what I've seen See, on, on draft. I don't mind Scheffler either at, that, at, at the 40 to one number. Hmm. Which I'm showing different, by the way, than you are. I'm showing Kevin. I looked earlier Sheff today, so maybe I'm it's showing Scheffler and Kevin Ott at the same uh, same so price Nas, now. Nas odds Nas, are uh, yeah, so he's obviously getting bet up a little bit. Oh, see, there you go. And I haven't placed any bets on him yet, so there you go. Um, interesting. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I think. AK. Uh, Okay, let's go to AK. All right, so Harris English has withdrawn. That leaves uh, a handful of boys here. I, I'm. This is where I'm going to get a little bit of leverage here, a little bit of ownership leverage here. Now, 
the first player, maybe maybe not so much. Uh, Adam Hadwin. I'm going to be in on Adam Hadwin at 8,200. Feels like a great spot for him. He's been, you know, he's always been a very accurate player uh, with his irons, especially and off the tee. You know, hadn't done anything super spectacular since the restart, but he hadn't sucked either. 43rd at the Charles Schwab, 41st at the RBC Heritage. But like I said, he does check a lot of boxes both in the last two weeks that he's played uh, and just long-term, very accurate player, always tends to find the fairway. So, uh, you know, I think I think Hadwin is a pretty safe play down here. Uh, in fact, he's going to be a cash play for me as well. Uh, and maybe a little chalky, okay? But my next player I don't think is going to be chalky. And that's old Cebes, Christian Bezindidunhut. I think is uh, is is how Wait, you said it. I don't think you said that right. Yeah, maybe I didn't. Um, I think it's Buzin. Let me try to say this because I'm always bad at saying. Bazudin out. I mean, for someone who pronounced literally every letter, that was actually pretty pretty good. Okay, so anyway, I like him too. By the way, he's not in my picks. He was kind of like a bonus play for me, so I'm glad you talked about him. So you. You know, yeah, ahead. man. Old Cebes, man. He's a he's a uh, he's kind of like a he's like a European tour Adam Hadwin. Like he's very accurate, good putter, good, uh, really strong iron player. Um, came out uh, ready to commit to the PJ Tour this this past year. Um, finished 18th at the Arnold Palmer before the before the restart. Now he came out, missed the cut, shook the rust off a little bit at the Charles Schwab, but didn't miss it by much. Then he came out and finished 28th at the Heritage. Now. When you look at his numbers, you're going to look at strokes gained off the tee, maybe. You're going to see a lot of negative numbers. Well, that's because he's kind of a short knocker, okay? He's an understated kind of short knocking son of a gun. But when you go and you dive deeper into his accuracy numbers, he's a pretty accurate player off the tee. Um, you know, so, so his bread and butter is accuracy, accuracy with the irons, drop some putts. Like I said, he's like European tour Adam Hadwin. So, and, and I think he'll be pretty low. I mean, he should be pretty low owned. He was – Let's see what he was. He was uh, where? Well, where is it? Now I can't find it. Where was his ownership? Uh, yeah, I can't find it. Anyway, he'll be low owned. So Cebes, you talking about last week? Yeah, or two weeks ago. At the he Heritage. Was, um... Oh shit! I don't know. That's not coming up. <laughs> he was Steve. low. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I like the I, I like the value there. I like the play there with old C. Bez. Um, I I seen a head to head matchup too with him against Kiz, and I hate you to seen say it. it. You seen, seen a head to head matchup? I I seen a head to head matchup. <laughs> Yo, I seen this head to head matchup. Um, I have seen a head to head matchup with him and Kiz, and I gotta say, if I were gonna if I were a betting boy, which I am, I would bet I would say that all day long. <laughs> uh, Sorry, yeah. kids. Anyway, I think there are a number of players in here to fade. Um, but the one that I will uh, – um, I hate to say – so if, I, if I'm going to say – if I'm going to say it's a little bit of a bolder fade, and it's one I hate to make because I would love to see him play well, and that's JT Poston. Dude, mm. JT's irons are sucky right now his yeah. irons are bad like you know normally this would be a wonderful spot for him you know he's an accurate player he's a tremendous putter um 
he's he's sneaky a little bit longer than I think a lot of people think. But his irons since the restart have not been good. Now, will Fleener text us on Wednesday and be like, boys, put JT in there. We found us a little something on the range today. Let's do it. Maybe. That's why you need to be a member of the Nut Hut. Who knows? But as of now, I feel like JT's overpriced um, due to the recent form. And I'm, I'm looking at recent form right now. Like, we're, we're three tournaments into this. For a lot of these guys who have played all three weeks, like, I'm starting to go off of that like, and look almost exclusively at that at this point. Yeah, I um, think you need to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I always look at long-term form, too, in terms of what style of player they are, which is where I'd say JT as a long-term form is a very accurate player. And normally, irons are much better than they have been, but they are dreadful. I don't mean like they're just a little bit off. They are very bad. He ranks 116th in this field in strokes gained approach since the restart. Um, 103rd in opportunities gained, 62nd in greens and regulation since the restart. And he did play here last year, finished 11th, but he was at a, he was playing better. I don't know. I, and for me to pay 8700 well, I mean, he, he won pretty close to this event last yep, year, didn't he? At the Wyndham, yeah. Yeah. 8700 That's a lot, man. That's a lot. All I'm right. You. What you got? All right, so I'm going to start. You know, by the way, my fade was actually – I was leaning towards Harris English being my fade um, before, obviously, the whole COVID thing happened. Mm, too um, soon. Yeah, so I didn't really get to have him be my fade. Um, so, you know, I, I'll just – I'm going to cop out a little bit here with the fade and just go with you with the JT Poston thing. Um, I, would, I would say Jason Day, but that's just too easy also. But um, – so, as far yeah, as the GPP play, though, I love some Rory Sabatini this week at 8,800. I think he's a great play. That. The guy's made 11 of, four, 11 of 14 cuts this year. He was top, top 15 at the Schwab. He's had a break uh, because he played the Heritage uh, but did not play last week. Uh, you look at the stats. I mean, he's checking all the boxes there. I mean, he is – sorry. Not necessarily – let me scratch that. Not necessarily checking all the boxes, but I do like how accurate he is off the tee. Played extremely well last year with the T3 at this event. Um, so I think old Sabs could be a, a very good GPP play. Um, and, you know, nobody ever likes to play him because they just don't like him. So he's probably going to have low ownership anyway. Um, so like him in tournaments. Another guy that I think has just gone under the radar lately is Lucas Glover at 8,400. And nobody's talking about him. Nobody's talking about That's him. That's not true. Somebody's talking about him. I got a ton of questions about him in the Nut Hut chat last week, and I steered everyone the wrong way. See, I did not – I haven't – I guess just if I, what I see, I don't see a lot on him lately. I mean, you look at his last three events since the restart, T23, T23 at the Colonial, T21 at the Heritage, T20 at the Travelers, I mean, the guy's just been solid. We and, and these are all courses that perfectly set up for his game. And you know what? I'm sure the guy growing up in South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, played a lot of Donald Ross courses. He knows how to play these courses. I, I just think at 8,400, he has got um, great upside this week. I don't mind that price at all. Um, you look at the stats, um, Definitely checks the box and strokes gain approach. He's top 10 in the field there. Or no, top 16 in the field there. He's 12th in birdie or better percentage. He's 15th in the field in driving accuracy. I think Lucas Glover makes for a great tournament play. And if his ownership is low, I will be all over him. Now, 
we'll see what the ownership looks like. But anyway, I love some clever this week. I did write him down in the fade category. I didn't I didn't land on it fully, but I could be convinced to fade him. Now he's forty. Now, Pat, you're you're forty what two? Three, ten minutes. Forty three. Uh, I mean, this is his fourth week playing. You know, that's different than Bryson, than Victor Hovland playing in their fourth week. You know, he's played a lot of golf. Could he be a little weary? Potentially. Uh, I do feel like this; these greens are going to give him more of a fit than what we saw in the last couple of weeks. We do know he, his putting is it, – His putting is awful. It, it's it's got to be I'm on. sitting here – thinking about it i'm counteracting the, the fatigue thing like can you imagine his life during quarantine with that wife of his like just, oh, hey listen if, if you start to think to yourself man I, I i got a crazy old lady at the house of the quarantine i need to get out of there remind yourself of victor of uh lucas well, lover's wife well wouldn't you think that that means that's a good thing for him like yeah he's yeah that's what i'm saying like I, he's probably out of the house like practicing yeah just that i'm counteracting his- myself i'm contradicting myself a little bit here with the I bet he's ready to go. Um, well, there's somebody in here that I think we have to talk about, even though we didn't, we, neither one of us mentioned him, and that's Doc Redman. Well, what I didn't mention do... him because he was my cash play, oh. it, which is a – which is You jump around weird. so weird with your plays. Well, I just – he's going to be high-owned, but he is literally – like if you look at somebody whose game perfectly fits Detroit Golf Club from what Listen. we've seen – Doc Redman is it. And you know what? He played extremely well here last year. I mean, he was second here last year. I'm I'm sold on the doc, man. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to camp out in the doctor's office a little bit. You know what I mean? Get a little, get a little I I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Like I I do think he's gonna be pretty pop I don't know, he may not be popular. Actually, he got a big price jump. I mean, we've not paid that for Doc Redman ever. That's not the even only close. thing that holds 8500. Yeah. But but again, you ha- people like you have to consider the field that we're in. Like everybody is getting a big price jump. And while I do think that players are artificially priced, like I, I don't think JT Poston's price is fair, but look at the betting odds. That's what I looked at that today. Doc Redman's betting odds at, at a site that I shall not name that I believe and we believe is uh, a little more accurate in terms of their, their golf, uh, their golf numbers. Me, meaning it may not be a place I want to bet because they're, I think they're actually very sharp numbers, but um, he, his odds on that site would have put him, if you want to rank him under DraftKings players would have put him, uh, below Scotty Scheffler and above Harris English before Harris English withdrew. So his odds on that site were as short as right there between Scheffler and English. So better than Sabatini post and day, you know, any of those guys above him uh, up to Scheffler. So I think Redmond has the chops to win. He's a young kid with a ton of confidence right now. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see his ownership projections come Wednesday night in, in terms of DFS. But if you want to bet him, I don't mind betting him at all. At anything over – I mean, dude, I'd bet him – I don't know. I'd bet him at anything over like 60 to 1. If you could, where is he right now? Have we? Have you looked well, – What I'm looking at is 50 to 1. If you can get him better than 50 I, I think to I one, would bet him at 50 to – I think I'd still bet him at 50 to 1. Yeah. I think I'd still bet him at 50 to 1. Yeah. I mean, he's um, literally – he's literally – 
like the twelfth or fourteenth shortest odds player in the field. Dude, look yet, at his. Oh God, talk about a guy who. I mean, his his approach numbers, his iron play, coming off of the break at the Charles Schwab, gained 4.7 strokes. No rust there. Then going into the Heritage, gained 7.8. And then last week, gained 5.1. His irons are freaking dialed in. He just cannot chip and putt. He can't putt or chip. But, I mean, if he just breaks even with the putter – I mean, last week he lost 1.7 strokes putting and finished 11th. By the way, just a little side note, he and Dustin Johnson were written up in the Fantasy Golf Sommelier last week. Saw that. Saw that. Okay. It's very nice. All right, so there's, there's, Doc, there's our thoughts on Doc Ribbon. I got a feeling we're going to have a, some, some chatter about him come Wednesday. Yeah. I think All we're right. going to have some chatter. All right, moving on. Why don't you start us with the 7K? We're going to go three tournament plays, uh, cash play, and a fade. What you got? All right, well, I'm going to start with my tournament plays, and I'm going to start with a guy that I've just been on all year, and I'm going to continue to be on him until he just completely fails me. But that is uh, Mr. Alexander Norin at 7,800. I like him this week. You have you know, loved some Norin for sure. I just think he's, you know, I lo first off, if you look at the odds, he's around 80 to 1, which I think are very good odds for him. Um, you know, 7,800 I think is a good price. He's, he's kind of average across the board when you look at the stats. Um, but the guy's just played, I mean, pretty solid over the last few weeks, you know, especially since we started. I mean, he was, well, I guess 60th at the Schwab, but he kind of, fell apart on the weekend, but he's T21 at the RBC Heritage. I like what I saw there. I think Norin at 7,800 is, is a pretty good price. He's going to be low on this week. There's just there's no way that a ton of people are going to be playing that guy. So I like him. Another guy that I don't know if I've mentioned in a while that I like at 7,600, and that's Maverick McNeely. I mean, mm. he's coming in there. He's made 13 of 16 cuts this year on tour. Uh, he's top 20 in the field, by the way, in putting on Poana Greens. Um, you look at the last few weeks, he was, I mean, he doesn't like necessarily like finish. He's not a top 10 type guy, but for it priced at 7,600, I don't mind him. He was, you know, T11 a while back at the Honda T32 at the at colonial T58 at the heritage. You know, you look at check and boxes and whatever else he's 45th in the field and strokes gained approach. 38th in opportunities gained. He's 26 in par four scoring, top 25. Oh, sorry, looking at a different person. But he does check the box in driving accuracy. Um, I just think Maverick McNeely is just one of these guys that's just like coming under the radar every single week, but plays pretty solid. I like the cut percentage that he's made. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of him. So I will play him in some tournaments. He's 90 to one, by the way, as far as his odds are concerned. Another guy in the cheap range here at 7,200, Mark Hubbard. I mean, old hubs, homeless hubs, by the way, on Twitter is his feed. He's been pretty good. You know, he checks the box in strokes gained approach, opportunities gained. He's 10th in the field in par four scoring. We've seen him be up there in the first, in the, you know, early part of the week as far as the lead's concerned. Um, you look at his recent results, he is um, 
He's made his last – well, since they started back, he's made every, every single cut with a T33 at the Heritage, a T37 last week. Um, at the Schwab, where, which was the one he had the first round lead? Was it the Schwab? Was it Colonial? Uh, no, I thought uh, – I think it was the Colonial. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Either way, he kind of faltered a little bit on the weekend. But I like some Hubbard at 7,200, so he is another GPP play of mine. Uh, as far as cash, I just think Brendan Todd is just too, you know, in this – on a course like this, a guy as solid as he is, screw what he did on Sunday. I mean, he like hit one hole really got him on Sunday in that back nine. I mean, Brendan Todd is just playing incredible right now. I, so, I am all in on him for cash at 7,800. Um, the fade for me is Kiz. I don't – he just doesn't have the game right now. There's no – he's not showing us anything. Anything to say that you need to play Kevin Kisner right now. Love the guy. I want his game to be good. Yeah. And I think this course could probably be good for him. But I'm just – I'm not seeing anything. So, there you go. Yeah, okay. Interesting. There's some agreement here. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in a couple of names you said. Um, I will uh, – yeah. So, I like Todd as well. You mentioned him. I like him in tournaments, actually. Um, I, but only because I was having a hard time deciding between him near near the top and HV3. Um, and I think HV3 is going to be a little more – he's going to be higher owned, but I think you could play him in any contest you want. Also, like both of them, from a betting standpoint, I, I think I found Todd around 90 to 1, um, which is pretty high for a two-time tour – or three-time tour winner and somebody who almost won last week. 90 to 1 is pretty good. Uh, and then Harold Varner is like 70 to 1. I think he's close. He's knocked on the door a few times. He's just playing really well right now. He scores a lot for DFS in terms of DraftKings. I do think he'll be a little he'll, – he'll be the chalky play. So, maybe you roll with him in cash and you go with Todd and get a little more ownership leverage. I think maybe around 10, 10% maybe um, across a lot of tournaments there. But I actually had Maverick McNeely written down as well. So, that was interesting that you brought him up. He's not, he's not been as sharp with his irons as he normally is. But when you look long-term average, he's actually – very good with his irons as well, but he's, he's faltered a little bit these last couple of weeks. But despite that, still still making cuts and hanging in there. I think McNeely in this field is a very interesting play and very live, uh, and hopefully comes in sub you know ten eight percent. That would be that would be nice. Uh, like and then finally, be. yeah, finally for tournament man, I think you ride the hot hand with Will Gordon. I like the value at seventy three hundred. I like the scoring potential. Um, this is a guy who was, was tr is trying to solidify his tour card. He, he had, I think after the, after last week, he only had two sponsors exemptions left that he could have taken, but that the top five at the travelers gives him an unlimited amount of sponsors exemptions that he can use, but he still has to finish in the, he still has to finish in the top, whatever, 125 in the FedEx cup standings, which right now he's like 79th. Um, so he's motivated. He's young. And if you look at the events he's he's had a shot at, I mean, he's only played in six PGA Tour events, okay? Two missed cuts, a 55th, a 10th, a 21st, and a third. I mean, he's a stud. People talk to – people got sidetracked talking about Morikawa, who I love, and Hovland yeah. and Wolf and all those guys. But he was a stud at, at, at Vandy, I believe, was where he was. Yep, yep. I mean, and so, I mean, I don't – I don't mind the play at all. And 7,300, you're still getting them pretty cheap. 
He gained um, strokes in every category last week. Um, we I saw this too with like Wolf and and Hovland and Morikawa is that they they started out a little bit cheaper than they should have been, and then it sort of regressed to the mean. If you're going to play a guy, it's it's like we talk about some of these Web.com guys or Corn Fairy, whatever. You know, you need to start playing them now to get a little bit of leverage and get like before their prices start to really increase. Then like once everybody figures out who they who they are, like Hoffman, like what we're seeing this week where he's ten thousand. I mean, play him now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think um, I think the biggest factor for me with Gordon is what it has to do for his confidence and his mental. Man, we you know we we talk to so many caddies and players. Man, this thing is so much more mental than you could ever possibly imagine. It's like our boy John Tillery, you know, coached to Ricky Fowler and Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. He, he said, "What is it? Strokes gained, home life." But mm-hmm. but but what he's saying is like there is so much going on and, and so much matters between the ears of these boys that you you'll never be able to predict. And that's why sometimes it's frustrating, right? Because everything seems to click on paper and then something doesn't work right, something that something doesn't pan out. And you never know what these guys are thinking. But I'm thinking for a young guy like him who had a great college career, who was reduced to having to go play McKenzie Tour, you know, Corn Ferry Tour events while Hovland and you mentioned Wolf and Morikawa are getting all the spotlight, comes out with a shot, you know, get, gets his shot, gets a sponsor's exemption, and finishes third in a strong field, you know, finishes third just behind Dustin Johnson. What that has to do for your confidence level you know, to playing with these guys, competing with these guys, and looking around and seeing not all the big names this week, and then just the the, the extra motivation to say, "All right, now I've got a little. I, I, I'm playing with I'm playing with some chips now. Like I, I got some chips, and and I'm 79th in the FedEx Cup, and I got to keep doing this thing. But I can do it, and I'm motivated. I don't know, man. I think that's good for a young guy like that. So I want to ride that while it's hot. Is basically what I'm saying. Um. All right, so my fade in this range is going to be Snedeker. This is I, I feel like this is a bold fade. I feel like a yeah, lot of people are going to be I on think Snedeker. A lot of people are going to like him. He likes these greens. Of, he likes his course. But here's what I don't. Here's what I don't like about Snedeker right now, man. He has been pretty inconsistent. Like he's just been pretty inconsistent since since January, since the restart. Came out pretty good the first couple weeks. Miscut, miscut. 22nd WGC, which isn't fantastic. I mean, WGC is top third of the field, all right? Comes out, you know, uh, RBC Heritage, loses all – like can't even hit a fairway at the Heritage. Then he turns around and hits a fairway, still can't hit his irons, you know, last week at the Travelers. Like he just seems very inconsistent to me. Um, he lost six shots on approach last week. Six. That's, that's, a, that's code for a lot. Like – <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, now, he'll probably hit him better this time, but he also gained five strokes putting, right? Like, that's also a lot, even for Snedeker, who who does tend to gain a lot of strokes putting, like even for Snedeker. Um, so, I don't know, man. I just don't love the – I don't love the consistency and the fact that I got I'm going to pay up 7900 and I just think there's a lot better options. I'd rather, you know, I'd, I'd rather go up to Hadwin a little bit if you, if you got the cash or drop down to Todd or HV3 or McNeely, who we just mentioned right there. I'd rather have all three of those guys. So give me the savings. I think Sneds will be a little chalky. I'll fade him. I feel like come Thursday or come Wednesday night, I'm going to end up like 
just full on snads. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of what he does. He kind of lulls you to sleep, and then by, th- yeah. by Wednesday night, you're like, oh. Uh, Anybody right. in the six K range? You said to you said to ignore you in the six K, but mm. I mean, we got to know. A couple guys, and these are not. I, I'm not going to necessarily say this was. These are more just gut plays for me because, um, for one, my first play at, at sixty eight hundred, which I like, is Lanto Griffin, and he had a great finish Ooh. last week at top twenty five. But he didn't start the he didn't start the the restart very well. And he didn't check a whole lot of boxes for me, but I, I just, as far as a form kind of play, I just like, you know, playing a guy who had a good week uh, going into another, you know, going into this tournament. So I think Lanto could be an interesting play. Also, I like Sam Burns at 6,900. I think he could be a good play this week. He is checking a few boxes. He's third in the field in opportunities gained. He's 18th in birdie or better percentage. So a guy that it is scoring, and we talked about that early on in the in the show, like guys that are scoring. Sam Burns is one of those guys, and Sam Burns is, um, you know, hasn't been. He did play here last year. He finished t forty two, so he made the cut. Um, you know, hasn't been, you know, incredibly good coming off of the break. Well, he only played the Heritage, in which he missed the cut, and then he he did finish top twenty five last week. But he was playing well before that. So I think Sam Burns could be a good play at 6,900. I like him as well. And then a guy that, you know, we've we've gotten a ton of questions about in the nut hut, and that's Wes Bryan. Yeah. He was, you know, he's come out pretty – I've been surprised with what he's done. You know, at 6,500, yeah. this is another course, a guy that should be comfortable in Donna Ross design courses. Um you know, a good iron player, a great putter. I mean, he is a great putter um, in general. Yeah. I, I haven't looked necessarily at his stats, but he really is a good putter. So I think Wes Bryan at 6,500 could be an interesting play this week. And he, we know he's going to be pretty low owned. And I'm, I've been really impressed with how he's played coming off of this whole injury thing and everything else. So I will, I, I think he's a, a good sort of just flyer play in this range so that's all i got what you got yeah actually um i had brian written down as well um definitely fits fits the mold here i think he's added a little length too since his layoff um he's hitting the ball a little bit longer which is good for him i i, I also had written down a georgia boy that one time me and you danced the night away at the kisner foundation event that is sep straka yes um, he I'm played well here last set. year T11 here last year, played well at the Heritage a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the scoring ability. I like the upside with, with Sep. He's also one that can just finish absolutely DFL. Uh, but I do think of a lot of players down here, he's got, he's got top 10 upside with him. Um, I think going back to Nate Lashley makes sense. Like, I'm not usually one to jump on the defending yeah, champ. I agree with that. But it's $6,600, like – I mean, I know he's sucked lately, uh, or you know, since the restart. You know, and there's always the thing about like, you know, you don't you don't want to play the the defending champ. They have added pressure. They have added responsibility. Blah blah blah. And that is true. I, I think that's a lot less true when you have COVID because you don't have the pro ams. You don't have all the hospitality crap going on. All the sponsorship stuff going on. It's, it is a different scene that these guys are dealing with. Um, and, I mean, don't forget, like, even since his win here last year, 
Has he been inconsistent? Yes. But he's also had a third-place finish at the Greenbrier, which is kind of a similar vibe. He's had a 20th at the CJ Cup. He had a third-place finish at the Waste Management. Um, he did play in the, the Outlaw Tour event that we saw. You know, I mean, that doesn't count, but, I mean, he played in it. He's been playing some golf. And, like, you got to think, like, for a guy like this, he comes here and he's, he's thinking, man, like, I had some magic here last year. 25 under is freaking ma- – that's nothing short of – Freaking David ass Copperfield magic to finish 25 under in a PJ tour event. I don't care who you are, what tournament you're playing. And and for that price, that's pretty sick, man. 66 hunch. I'll take, uh, I'll take a little bit of that. And then, um, I don't know, man, Norlander, Pat Perez, they kind of pop for Cameron Davis. Those are just some names I'm looking at. I mean, my boy Norlander, I mentioned him last week in the nut hut, like, I'm worried about his upside because his putter's so terrible, but I feel like he's actually a decent cut maker on courses like this that are shorter, you know, accuracy type courses. Man, he's a tee to green stud. Tee to green really stud. If you watch, he him, just I'll can't find... freaking putt. I have followed him on a lot of rounds, and you are correct. The putting yeah. is an issue, but yeah. the dude just hits fairways, hits greens, and if he just can get it. And we know we've talked about this all the time. I mean, it's, if you just never know when the putter is going to get hot. So for a guy like him, if it gets hot this week, he could he could do extremely well. So yeah, um, you know, finally, like I said, Cameron Davis sticks out to me a little bit. He has not played well since the restart, missed two cuts, but um, I again, I like the upside. I think he could absolutely finish DFL, but I also think he's capable of finishing top 10, 15, 20 in this field. He scores a lot of DraftKings points. So if he makes a cut, he's going to get you. He's going to feast on these par fives. He's a longer hitter. Um, really, if you look over his PJ Tour career, he's a pretty solid iron player. Lately, it hasn't shown since the restart, but he's actually career-wise been a pretty solid iron player at 6,500. I think that's interesting. So. There you go, Pat. Uh, I will say I wanted to bring up a couple matchups before we wrap this thing up and get to your your rap lyrics. Um, I did see a couple other matchups. I already mentioned the one about Cbez over Kiz, but I saw Nate Lashley at plus. This is on DK Sportsbook. I saw Nate Lashley plus one hundred over Harry Higgs. Now, I love me some Harry Higgs, man, but Higgs isn't playing really well right now. And Mm-mm. for all the reasons I just mentioned, Lashley, and you get him at a plus number. I think that's an interesting interesting tournament matchup. Um, Bubba, I also found at plus 110 over Finau. Now, neither one of them I want in DFS right now, but uh, I do think when you look at what they're doing well, I like where Bubba's trending in the categories he's trending in at, at a plus number on Finau. And then you mentioned Sabatini. I also like him. He's plus 100 over JT Poston. And I talked about Poston's iron woes. Um, I feel like... I feel like that's that's kind of an easy one, myself, uh, actually. Um, and I wrote down Wesley Bryan is 20 to 1 for a top 10 on DK Sportsbook. I think that's an interesting number. Uh, anything else, buddy? We ready for this? I don't know if I'm ready for it, but we'll see. Let's go. All righty, everybody. So welcome to the final segment of tonight's podcast, Pat Reads rap lyrics uh pat i am forwarding to the tour where are you junkies. sending this to okay to the tour, tour junkies i'm forwarding this to the tour junkies email at right now uh pat has not seen this he doesn't know the song he doesn't uh he's never i bet he's never heard it 
Uh, he should have, but I bet he hasn't. And he is just simply going to read the lyrics of this song. And uh, Pat, you told us that you you kind of prepared for this a little bit or you, you did some things different. Why don't you walk us through your process and maybe a little bit of your strategy going into now your fourth, I believe, Pat Reads Rap Lyrics segment in TJ History. First off, this is really long. Good God Almighty! Well, it'll be all right. We'll see. Is that it's the first part where where is where it says freeze? Is that part of the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, what I did was I just listened to some recent hip hop, and um, I tried Who'd to decide. To? Uh, it was just like hip hop radio on Pandora. Oh, you have Pandora? What the? You have Pandora? Well, I now listen to some other things, but let me let me see if I can. Is it 2012? Why do you have Pandora? Why don't you have Apple Music or Spotify? I have Apple Music. You listen Music to commercials too. on Pandora? Let me see who this hang on. What the hell? Hey, um, oh, wait, can people hear that? Yeah. Jack Carlo? Jack Carlo? Okay. Um, so, so, so in your research, uh, uh, Pofu, Pofu and, and Bobo Deby. Is that Seabass? Uh, the Seabass got an album out? But, uh, but who's Rod, out? Roddy Rich, Roddy Rich was Oh yeah, there. I like Roddy Rich. Yeah, yeah, I like Roddy The Baby, the Baby. The baby. Oh, love the Baby. The Baby. So those Brandy were some Lamborghini of the ones. That... Cop car with a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened to that. So I was like, I was like, so what I did was I started to think of like how, how I'm gonna rhyme this, and it was like, tickety tock, tickety tock, tickety tock, tickety tock. Could it, could it, could it, could it, could it, could it, tickety tock, tickety tock, tickety That's like how it sounds to me. Like I'm just listening to the new stuff. Just like tickety tock, tickety tock. Quidditch, 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 Quidditch. Quidditch? Did you just say fucking Quidditch? Like the like Quidditch, Quidditch, like. Like Harry Potter. Could it, Were you watching could it, Harry could Potter it? before this? I don't know. That's just what it sounded like to me. Or it was like, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it. Tickety top, tickety top, tickety top. So, you like, know, that's how that's how it sounds to me. I don't know what that's called. That's what the cadence is one called. Of, one of my favorite TJ things that has ever happened is when, I don't know what episode it was, but we have a gif about it uh, a long time ago when you were talking about dance music, with like EDM, and you said, we were talking and you were like, I call it oons oons music. And I was like, you call it what? And you were like, yeah, yeah, like oons oons, like because it goes oons 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 oons. Yeah. I love the way that you 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 make sounds into words. That's that's genius. I love it. All right. So that's uh, yeah. that, that's kind of your approach to tonight. You're, so that's kind of my approach to tonight. Now this uh, uh, this song is um, – came out in the 90s bro early 90s okay okay so now i've now i feel like i need to change my cadence here it may, it may be interesting um it is uh, now our friend on twitter at theo the fonz one submitted this and it is by none other than snoop d-o-double-g himself snoop dog off of the album doggy style and it is called G's and hustlers. Okay, so now I've heard this song now, so now I'm changing everything. You've heard this because I'm a big fan. I have a yeah, I was a huge fan of that album. Okay. 
Well, you're on the spot now. Can you? Okay. Can you all right. Now, I'm, cha- now I've got it. Now I'm changing everything. So, all right, here we go. Freeze at ease. Now let me drop some of them keys. It's one nine nine tracer. Let me just play. It's Snoop Dogg. I'm on the mic. I'm back with Dr. Dre. But this time, I'ma hit you with a touch to leave motherfuckers in days bucked up. So sit back, relax. New Jacks get smacked. It's Snoop Doggy Dog. I'm at the top of the stack. I don't lack for a second. I'm still a checking the dope, dopest motherfucker you are hearing on the record. It's me, you see, Snoop Double O Double G Double O Double G. I'm flying. Like you butchered that. Soaring the sky. I'm high till I dizzle, rizzle, rizzle. Till I'm and I'm high till I dizzy, rizzle, rizzle. Rizzle. So check it. So check it. I get. So check it. I get busy. <laughs> I make your head dizzy. I blow your mouth like I was Dizzy Gillespie. I'm crazy. You can't phase me. I'm the S, so yes. I'm fresh. I don't fuck with the stress. I'm all about the chronic. Bionic. You see? Every single chillin' with D-O-double-G's. Pound that. Pound. That's my clique. My crew. You fucking with us. We got to fuck with you up. <laughs> I thought you knew, but yet I'm still. You'll want to get real. Now, let's time to peel. You'll say chill and feel the motherfucker realism. Snoop Doggy Dog is on the mic. I'm hitting it hard as steel. Now, this is this for is the Jeeps, and this is this for is the for hustlers. The G's, and this, this is, is for the hustlers. This is for the hustlers. Now, back with the Jeeps. This is go. for the Jeeps, and this is for the hustlers. This is for the hustlers. Now, back with now the Jeeps. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Now, you Verse flowing. two. Verse two. How yeah, many yes. hoes? How many hoes in your motherfucking group want to take a ride in my 7-8 Coupe de Ville? Chill as I take you on a trip. Where them brothers ride and slide and about the east side. Brothers like myself here to show you where it's at. With my hoes on my side and my strap with my back. Papers I stack, they leave. Death Row is still. Oh, that so bad. <laughs> and Death Row is still the label that pays that me. That pays me. Mm-hmm. But you know how that goes. We flow for the toe. If you ain't on the road, fuck you and your hoe. Really, Doc, so check it. It's Snoop Doggy Gog on the slow dope, slow, slow, solo tip. <laughs> Let me regroup. Still cock and grip and don't really give a shit. And oh, I like that line. Yeah. I like that line. Don't really give a shit. Still cock and grip. About nothing at all, just my dogs stepping through the fog. And I'm still going to fade them all. Fade them all, just like Bryson. With the gangster shit that keeps you hanging, how many hoes in 94 will I be hanging? Every single one. To get how many hoes will I be done. banging? It says hanging in the lyrics that you wrote. No, it doesn't. It says banging. How many hoes in 94 will I be banging? Oh, yeah. How many hoes in 94 <laughs> will I be banging? Every single one to get the job done as I dip, skip, flip right back to one. Where the sun be shining, I be rhyming. It's me, Snoop, double O, double G, and I'm climbing. All right, last verse, hit it. Okay. Hit it. This is it. This is, a big, this is a big payoff. Let's go. By the I way. come cream. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> By the way, just in case you're wondering, it's the exact same cadence as your last Fat Reads rap lyrics. Well, because that... I want you to go back and listen to this and then go back and listen to your Bubba Sparks Miss New Booty. It is the yeah. same song. I, I can't do the tickety-tock, tickety-tock, tickety-tock. Quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it. Quit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking dead I can't over do that. 
The Quidditch. I come creeping. I come creeping through the fog with sagging deuce. With a sagging deuce, he got to take a poop. Does he got a poop in there? <laughs> with a sagging deuce, I don't know. Actually, maybe. I come creeping through the fog with my sagging deuce, east side, Long Beach, in a seven eight coupe to Ville. I'm rolling with the G funk, bumping in my shit, and it don't quit. So drop it on on what. Drop it on the one motherfucker. But together that set a brother with a grip and that gangster shit with the east side hose on my motherfucking dick. And the Compton, Compton brothers all about to set trip. Swing it back, bring it back just like this. And if you give my shit, then raise up another spliff and keep the motherfucking butt in your pocket. Lock cause doggy dog is all about the zigzag smoke. What is a zigzag smoke? See, it's a West Coast thing where I'm from. And if you want some, get some bad enough, take some. I like that line, by the way. And if you want some, get enough, bad enough, take some. Uh-huh. I just, that's, yeah. that is one of my favorite lines of this song. I like that. You need to work that in one day. And if you want yeah. some, get some. Bad enough, take bad some. Bad enough, take uh-huh. some. Uh-huh. All right, let me go back. Uh, where was it? Bad enough, take some. Again, dog. Get oh. that hitter again. Okay. And if you want some, get enough, bad enough, take some. But watch you, you the F gun. it up every time. <laughs> but watch the gun. My by my side because it represents me in the motherfucking east side. So how down to the bow wow, cause bow wow, yippee yo, you, you can't see my flow. My shit is dope original. Now you know and can't know hood. Fuck with death Rizzo. <laughs> Your hands, dude. You look like you got you look like you got uh you like you hit a slant, you caught a slant over the middle in a Monday night game and got lit up and you went down like bird hands. You laying there unconscious, your teammates are running out. You're like you're like you're like uh uh and uh where where am I at? And if you want some, get some bad enough, take some. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing, Pat. Thanks for doing that, buddy. Um, I can't believe you've heard the song, though. I was a big fan I, of that. I was album. listening to that song. That was a big yeah, album. I got into that album, and I was like, dude, I forgot what a hitter this is. Al- that Every song on that album is good. Now, I, I can't definitely... rap. I can't, I, I can't, like, I couldn't, like, if I'd heard it right before, I probably would have been able to do it better, but, I, like, I didn't know that was the route you were going to take. Actually, you you threw me off because you, in a, in a private text on another group, I thought you were going to go a different route. So that's why. I, so yeah. when you brought this out, it changed, it kind of changed my whole mindset. But yeah, Fleener texted us a good one. And it is a song that I enjoy myself. I have it already on my playlist. In fact, it's on the Tour Junkies Boom playlist. That's a public playlist on Apple Music. But the lyrics are so vulgar. I could not quite, I could not quite pull the trigger on it. I, I just, yeah, I was wondering it. how, like, like we were going to do some of this. Like I didn't want, yeah. Like if you listen to hip hop, like I found out from listening to a lot of hip hop today, because you told, told me to research it. There's a lot of raunchy stuff in there. A lot of stuff that, uh, <laughs> to be honest, a white person shouldn't say. So I just yeah. like, was like, Okay, we need to make sure we don't say all that kind of stuff. So. The the yeah, man, I did get into the Snoop Dogg the the doggy style though today because like I, I was definitely more of a Tupac and Dre fan. See, I was a huge. I was a, if I like I wasn't a huge hip hop fan, but if it was if I was listening to it, 
when I was growing up, it was Snoop, it was Dre, it was that kind of stuff. That was that was the ones yeah. I loved. No, I mean Snoop was in the same. I just he just wasn't the one I I liked as much. But then when I went back and listened to Doggy Style today, I was like, dude, this this is a good album. When you listen to Snoop though, he just he's just so chill, man. Like he just I just yeah. love I love some Snoop. You need to listen to more Snoop. Maybe he'll chill you out a little bit. That could be cool. I need to smoke more weed, maybe. <laughs> oh man that's the podcast on that note we appreciate it thanks for listening thanks for watching all our all our youtube live viewers thanks for hanging with us we appreciate y'all catch us in the nut hut on wednesday night um check that chalk bomb it's gonna be good thank you guys so much for supporting us may your screens be green see ya out